Talk Live. I'm your host, Jeff Deverter. Now here at Cloud Talk, we strive to help decode the ever-changing world of technology to help you apply it to your business so that hopefully you'll have one more tool in your arsenal to help you improve your business and those around you. Now this recording is from our Cloud Talk Live event, which happens almost every Tuesday and Thursday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time on the Rackspace LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter accounts. Be sure to come and watch us there and join the conversation live with us in real time. Your participation helps drive the conversation. Now, let's get on with today's show. Hey, everybody. Good morning and welcome back to Cloud Talk Live. Folks, this is episode 100. I'll call that out a little bit more later. My name is Jeff Deverter, Chief Technology Evangelist here at Rackspace Technology. And I'd love for you to introduce yourselves as per norm over in those comments down below. We see them on the side of our screen. We'd love to know who you are and where you are. Now, normally we're here on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 8.30. It's neither Tuesday nor Thursday, uh, and definitely not 8.30. This is a special one, folks. We're here to talk to you about how to better protect yourselves and your companies during this time of, uh, well, increased threat exposure in the cyberspace. Now, what you're probably also already realizing is the fact that my internet is unstable today, very unstable. You'll see me freeze. I may disappear, but hang out. We'll all be here. All of my guests have great internet, so they'll keep the conversation going. Hey, if you want to get a hold of us here, uh, feel free to send an email at solve at rackspace.com. Hey, we have a friend from San Antonio in already. Glad that you are here. And as I mentioned just a minute ago, folks, this is episode 100 of uh, of this. I'm so excited to be able to, uh, to have been here to triple digits. And uh, thank you guys for sticking with us. The audio for all of these, of course, are available on the podcast, the Cloud Talk podcast. You can also reach out to us at rackspace.com slash solve slash 100. That's right. Episode 100. You haven't pulled me off the air yet. Uh, and since, uh, hey, we got Clark Kent here. I hope you're good, busy saving the world. We have a friend from Houston as well. And, uh, and Ashley's here. Oh my gosh, everybody's showing up. This is fantastic. Guys, this is great information. In a, in, I'm going to give you a bit of a news article here in a second. But if you have people in your organization in charge of cyber or, uh, or you're interested in learning more and know friends that are, send this out to them. Uh, I'd love for you to give the, a link out. This is important information and uh, would love for all of you to be able to, uh, to get that out. All right, let's move on. With this, we'll move on to This Week in Cloud. I really just have one news article for you, and that is an article out of ZDNet, and that's how the Russia invasion of Ukraine is affecting your cybersecurity. Folks, we are uh, living in this uh, time of heightened threat exposure. Uh, you know, we're going to, in just a little bit, hey, thank you, Susan, for being here. Uh, in just a little bit, I've got three security experts who are going to help unpack what the, uh, what the CISA organization here in the U.S. part of Homeland Security has put out around how to better protect yourself. Well, if you go over to rackspace.com slash solve slash 100, Remember, nobody's selling to you there except free information, no pop-ups, no nothing. You can find the links to the bios for my guests. You can also find the link to this, to these articles as well. So I hope you will go and check that out. All right. So with that, let's uh, let's move on in. And uh, just a reminder, all of this stuff does show up in the podcast feed. Go subscribe to that. If you are, you know, an amazing one came out um, last Friday, a former racker around corporate 
um, philanthropy, philanthropy and how Rackspace uh, effectively adopted a neighborhood in San Antonio, the magnificent seven schools. It's really a great story, and I hope that you will go and check that out. All right. Well, enough of me rambling. I want to introduce our guests here today. I have three amazing guests who have come to be a part of it. Now, Karen O'Reilly Smith, no stranger to the program. In fact, she was just on last Thursday, Uh, but she's come today as Rackspace's CISO, Chief Information Security Officer, to help unpack what's happening on the security side. A new guest, somebody who's uh, their company's been on, but she hasn't. Patty Wright is here. Patty is the is an uh, the SVP and GM of Consulting Services over at the uh, the cyber uh, firm known as Bishop Fox. And then Chris Hughes, who joined us last uh, fall during Cybersecurity Awareness Month, uh, CISO and co-founder of IKEA. And uh, each of these great individuals will have a chance to uh, to really to introduce themselves a little bit more. So, so Daniel, let's let's bring these guests up. There they all come. So, uh, Patty and Chris and Karen, welcome to the program. I'm so glad that each of you are here. Hey, thanks for having us. You bet. Now, guys, we pulled this together in relatively short order. If you knew some of the wranglings that happened for us scheduling this stuff, we have about a month's worth of content and individuals scheduled and getting prepared to come be a part of this. We threw this together last week based on demand of a question I asked on LinkedIn. And it really did seem like a lot of folks really wanted us to help unpack this shields up uh, kind of warning from the U.S. government. Hey, thank you guys for all of the great encouragement for this 100th episode, by the way. Um, and uh, and I thought, you know, we were, uh, the three of us were all, four of us were chatting before, you know, we have all of this warning from the, the government around how to prepare for cyber, but let's just ask the question, and, and it, what are we seeing right now? Are we seeing anything? Karen, uh, we'll start with you from a, you know, you've got visibility into Rackspace and a bunch of customers, so are we actively seeing anything uh, here today? You know, Jeff, at this point, we're not. We're not seeing an uptick, uptick in any, um, you know, um, you know, alerts for us. Um, I've talked to peers in the industry and we're not seeing it yet. Um, but it's always just one of those things you want to be aware of and you want to be cautious. You want to put some extra focus on it right now. That's right. That's right. Chris, are you seeing anything out and about? I mean, we can joke about this behind a little bit here, but we haven't anything attributable directly quite yet. Uh, but that's there have been some pretty big incidents with Samsung and Nvidia the past couple of weeks. Uh, you know, obviously attribution can take time, but uh, nothing quite quite yet. Okay, this is all good, Patty. I've got to ask you and and what the folks at Bishop Fox are seeing. Yeah, and so uh, uh, as with Karen and Chris, not seeing anything necessarily directly, but what we are seeing since Bishop Fox is. Uh, basically a consulting company that is working for a lot of clients that are looking to ensure that they are secure. We're getting an awful lot of requests from customers that have some dealings with either global companies that touch on Ukraine, et cetera, and they are really trying to get ahead of things and and ensure that they've got partners out there to help them in a crisis. Got it. Okay. Well, uh, we are seeing some comments here in the the threads that they think some folks are seeing uh, seeing some things. Mm. So, so you know, I was I was also telling the group here before we started. You know, I love the fact that we're having this conversation before a lot of us are actively seeing things. It's this heightened threat exposure. You know, I live out here in in the country, and we haven't had rain in this part of the world for a good long while. So we're in a bit of a drought, and there's a sign right along the road, and it says 
burn ban is in effect. It's in effect because the conditions are ripe for big fires. Well, folks, the conditions are ripe for Mm -hmm. bad things to happen on the cyber world. And so that's really what, of course, led the... um, uh, the the CISA.gov site, the, the folks over at Homeland to come out with, with, uh, uh, with their guidance. And what we want to do today is step through that guidance. This is great guidance, whether you are an individual, whether you work in a small mm-hmm. company, whether you work in a Fortune 5 company. This is all stuff that, by the way, does, doesn't necessarily just need to be done you know, when bad stuff is going on in the world, this is good everyday type stuff. Now they break it down into four primary areas and we're going to unpack each of these through our time today. But it starts with um, uh, encouraging companies of every size to reduce the likelihood of damaging cyber intrusion. How do we better lock the door, prepare our environments? Um, And maybe Chris, I'll start over with you. You know, as we look at some of these things that are on this list, you know, how can companies best prepare to keep the bad guys out? Yeah, I think uh, you kind of touched on this and hinted at this a little bit, but it's, it comes down to doing the fundamentals. You know, a lot of these things that are recommended by CISA are, are fundamental things that we've seen be critical security controls from SANS and others, you know, throughout the years. Things like MFA, uh, you know, things such as logging for following up on in, uh, intrusions or incidents as they happen. And then, you know, kind of preparing the organization to respond when, not, not if, but when something happen, whether it's top exercises, you know, getting your incident response plan in place, having key uh, individuals identified, and then obviously testing that resilience through testing backups and things like that. Uh, so these are very fundamental things that organizations, you know, have, have been advised to do for a long time, but I know, you know, these are interesting times and there's, there's some new concerns. So it's, it's definitely kind of reiterating that. Mm-hmm. All right. My internet blinked there for a second, but in that first <laughs> list also, um, there, you know, it calls out um, that they have a list. There's a, an active list. Folks, go out to the site and check it out. But known exploited vulnerabilities identified by the CISA organization, as well as strong CISA uh, controls and guidance, as well as some high, some free um, hygiene um, services. Do you guys have any experience with those? I love the fact that there's just a list. Go look at the list and see if you if any of those conditions match your your environment. Patty, what are you you guys thinking about some of that stuff? Yeah, so I was looking at that this morning, and the list is now 479 known vulnerabilities that they're identifying. They just added 95 more, I think, on March the third. These are vulnerabilities that have been out there for a long time. And so kind of to Chris's point, right, we need to do all of the kind of due diligence that has been sort of recommended over the years, right? All the patching and running antivirus, right? Using multi-factor authentication. The the one other thing that I am seeing uh, as a piece of advice that we've been offering for a long time, but is one of those uh, pieces of advice that doesn't often get taken um, as we go and look at uh, people's architecture, and that is segmenting your network. It's mm-hmm. critical because the majority of how the the you know sort of this this new um, these new issues are hitting us is through ransomware. And if people are taking the time to segment their network, they can mitigate how far. Uh, you know that can that compromise can go across their network. So just on top of some of the the items Chris mentioned, I would I would really really um, recommend people do what they can to segment their network if they could. 
Yeah, Limit, limiting that blast radius should someone, when someone can get through is so, so valuable. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine who owns a, a very successful regional sized business. So it's a good sized business, but regional to the US here. And uh, and the, the owner had done a lot to really to move to a lot of SaaS based offerings for the ways that the, the business operated. But there was one thing that ran internal and that one thing actually did get compromised, but the blast radius was was very, very much contained. It, it was huge uh, for for that for that organization. Karen, that gets challenging as the organizations get larger, doesn't it? It sure does, um, because you're not only worried about internal, but a lot of us have customers we worry about too. One of the other things you can do that Chris and Patty to add on to what Chris and Patty said is, um, you know, this is basic cyber hygiene. You know, these are things we even we talk about as CISOs um, for the last several years. I mean, this is what we do. Good hygiene. The other thing is maybe security awareness. You know, get your security awareness out there. Maybe ramp it up. Some companies will do it when people first started a company and then they'll do it once a year. Um, I, I think it's nice to reiterate that throughout the year. And even maybe now is a good time to go out there and, and talk about clicking. You know, that is how we get a lot of our ransomwares, our adversaries into a company is they're clicking on phishing emails. Yeah. Um, so one way is maybe reinforce that. Go back out and educate our staff and our customers um, about ransomware and about clicking and about looking at, you know, emails that they get from the external and really yeah. paying attention to those that they don't recognize and don't click. Well, one of the features we use Office 365 around these parts, and uh, and when those emails come in, you know, when I look at the preview, the first thing that shows up is either here's a little bit of text from that racker we call ourselves rackers mm -hmm. at Rackspace uh, had said in there, or if it's from external, it literally says caution: this came from mm -hmm. external. Uh, and you read those with a little extra scrutiny. Um, it's definitely not a time to go looking for a Russian bride uh, and <laughs> click on those emails. I'm thinking. Um, and so I think that's really a good call out as well, Karen, what you brought up around. It's not just about protecting your own uh, employees and your company, but it's how that stuff, when when you don't segment, when you don't limit the, the blast radius, um, the fact that it really could, can become very impactful to the rest of the world. Uh, you know, I think about, and this is Ukraine, uh, you know, from what, when, when, when did not Petya come out? That was a couple of years ago mm -hmm. um, now, but you know, that was a, a Russia attack, cyber attack into Ukraine. And that one literally caused, well, I guess you can measure it in billions now of dollars of impact the world over. Um, all right. So, so that's, those are ways to help keep the bad guys out. Guys, it's the blocking and tackling. It's the basic stuff. Mm -hmm. Patch your stuff. Uh, don't have old operating systems laying around. Uh, no, have an accurate inventory of what's there mm -hmm. and be aware of, of what's happening. You know, there's a great story. Maybe we can post a link to it. I'll, I think I put it in the chat earlier, Daniel, if you can pull up that New York Times article. But, I, but you know, hats off to what Microsoft did in the early days of this around uh, their ability to go out and work with the U.S. government on the stuff that they were seeing. As you can imagine, a company like that seeing all cloud-based infrastructure, seeing all the Microsoft Microsoft 365 stuff gives them a, a window of visibility. And they saw ransomware. They saw new malware coming out and were actually able to help not just the U.S. government, but several other European governments as well mm -hmm. to be able to, to look for that stuff, which was really pretty cool. All right. So uh, one of the ways, the next section in uh, in the, the Shields Up directive and, and guidance is, uh, is all around um, taking... Uh, 
Uh, first, it starts with uh, reducing the likelihood of damaging cyber intrusion, but then taking steps to be able to detect it. So, uh, so how do you, de- you know, ways to help make sure that if that guy gets in, that you can figure out that they're in, you know, um, so, so Chris, maybe over to you, let's talk about ways uh, to detect uh, the bad guys. Yeah, definitely. And they, they give some very solid fundamentals there in com- in, when it comes to logging and, and you know, utilizing antivirus, anti-malware to block malicious signatures. You know, uh, as Patty mentioned, like, you know, that list from I think it was 95 to 400, you know, uh, identified vulnerabilities right now. And that's kind of indicative of the, the state of the, the ecosystem is like you're never going to always be ahead of this. Like it's, it, there's all, you know, if you, if you block something, they're going to find another avenue in. And, and then the micro segmentation concept, uh, I think it really ties nicely to where we're seeing the industry go with zero trust too. Look at how we're moving mm-hmm. towards zero trust network architectures, for example. And then moving beyond uh, MFA, for example, you have additional access controls in place, you know, whether it's where the device is coming from, device security posture, uh, the time of day, you know, the user identity and, and things of that nature. But on the detection front, it really comes down to doing those those fundamental things, the antivirus, anti-malware, having logging and not just having logging, having people mm-hmm. actually look at the logging, conducting things like threat hunting, for example, and going out there and actively looking for something on the network that may be there and you may just have not realized it quite yet. I think that can go a long way for organizations just getting understanding of, of what's in their environment and how can they respond when they do identify something. Yeah. So, Patty, over to you. What are you guys uh, seeing and recommending there? Yeah. And I would second everything that Chris said. I would just say just adding to that, just literally the last little piece, which is, you know, they don't really believe that right at this moment there's a credible threat that they're saying to the U.S., but they are saying for companies that are dealing with Ukrainian companies or have a global presence, Mm -hmm. you should be adding to the monitoring that Chris is saying, basically just take extra care there, right, to be inspecting that traffic if it looks like it's coming from there. And, and obviously have a plan, which would be in the next step, right, of, of what do you do when, when you have something to respond to. But mm-hmm. I would say really monitoring the traffic closely at this time in history just to make sure that if there's something either from a, a Russian or Ukrainian perspective, because uh, obviously you are uh, you maybe just uh, hit, as you said, in the scattershot there. Yeah. All right. I'm watching my internet blink all around. So Karen, I'm just going to throw it to you to talk about this for a second. Yeah. And I agree with Patty and Chris. It's really watching that unusual. I mean, we all trend our traffic. We kind of know what's normal and what's kind of unusual for us. Really zero in. If there's any hint that this is unusual traffic, you're seeing sites pop in that you haven't seen before, kind of isolate that traffic, isolate the traffic, spend a little time to investigate it. Um, And like Chris said, the logging is so important. Get that logging, make sure it's turned on, make sure someone can go in and really, because that's the the area you're going to go in and log. And that's the area you're going to go in and research if there's something that does occur. So definitely traffic um, inspection is important at this time. And anything that looks unusual, don't just go, oh, maybe it's just, no, go in and investigate it at this time. You know, and what a great time to also take the our, our, our regular cadence of updating leadership, or if you're leadership, mm-hmm. um, for waiting for, for the IT security team to come in and give the update. Oh, they always come in at the end of the month. You know what? Maybe we meet every Monday. Maybe we meet for 30 minutes every day. Are there any anomalies? You know, that heightened sense of awareness. Nothing 
that we're talking about today. Nothing that's recommended in this list is rocket science. It's all the basic stuff. I mean, literally, they have a bullet in here that says, if you're doing business with Ukraine, maybe inspect that traffic a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Seems very common sense, but that's what you find with all of this stuff, in my opinion, uh, that's here. But the common sense, the basic ones, are the ones that tend to just go unheeded, unfortunately. All right. In, uh, the third is as we move in progression, how do we make sure they stay out? Second, how, what do we do? How we pay attention to see if they've gotten in? Third is ensuring that the organization is prepared to respond mm-hmm. if an intrusion occurs. Now, now, Karen, you and I have talked about this on podcasts, on the live show, in articles, over coffee. Uh, but but you know, Rackspace is a pretty measured approach for how we do this. And maybe you can, you can um, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I'd say one thing is make sure your incident response team um, is in place. They're kept up to speed on what's going on, what you're looking for. So if there is an incident, you are prepared to respond. Make sure your key personnel um, in your SOC, your incident response team, make sure they're ready. They know what the playbooks look like. They know how to execute on a incident. And I would say lastly, is just to maybe, if you've got the time, do some tabletop exercising. We've talked mm-hmm. about that before. You know, Jeff, how we do red team activities, tabletop exercises, do a tabletop exercise in this case. I really think it would behoove the team to have that extra practice. Um, just again, it's just for potential, you know, incident or attack. That's right. So Patty, over to you, thoughts about this section. Yeah, no, I've got a lot of thoughts on this section. I, as I said to you in the early, when we were introducing ourselves, um, I've been in security for over 20 years and in a number of companies built their incident response um, functions. Um, realistically, everybody should be running some kind of an incident response tabletop exercise to see how they do. Uh, It's one thing to sit and have a bunch of playbooks. It's another thing to see them in action and know that uh, everybody knows their role. Everybody knows how to contact who they need to contact. Oftentimes, your incident response procedures has alternative ways of communicating if your systems are breached or if there's any kind of risk whatsoever. So as Karen says, definitely sort of the red team, blue team, communications plan, executive, bring your board in. If you're a company that's got a board that that needs to know what they're uh, doing, obviously have a communications plan to both uh, law enforcement and the media if you need it. So there's a lot of things. The one other thing, Jeff, that I would note that I don't see in any of CISA's recommendations, it's really talking about the, 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 main, the regular maintenance you have to do. The other thing is, you know, the regular testing that people perform. Obviously, mm-hmm. at Bishop Fox, we perform pen testing for people, but but versus, rather than the annual pen testing that people are getting, there is continuous scanning and continuous testing they should mm-hmm. be doing to continually uncover what kind of vulnerabilities they have. So um, just it's, it's one other thing that is not sort of listed in the regular maintenance things that they've recommended here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so Patty, that, that's awesome. And obviously, this is an area where you guys um, uh, uh, really focus on as an organization. Uh, should somebody want to engage with you to help them in this area, especially during this time, how would somebody do that? Other than yeah, just literally contact Bishop Fox uh, on our website. There's all kinds of contact information. Okay. Uh, we have not only the traditional services that are, you know, application, network, and device pen testing, right, to see whether there's vulnerabilities in 
in whatever it is you're using. But there is a service called Cosmos that is continuous testing. I think it's probably the new world of testing. Uh, it's no longer uh, sufficient to test once annually for PCI or or your your own governance, etc. Uh, it's going to be necessary to continuously test simply because systems change so often, and you don't really even know where you're sitting. You don't know whether your infrastructure is is uh, you know on your own hardware or it's out in the cloud. Uh, so anyway, so enough of that. But yeah, just simply contact us through the website. Awesome. Very good. Hey, hey, Chris, anything to, to do uh, to talk about when uh, responding uh, should an incident occur? Yeah, I kind of like where they were going with that. And I just wanted to add on to it a bit. Like, you know, I think it was Patty that made the comment about getting the board involved. You know, we talked about, you know, uh, having incident response plans in place, you know, testing and focusing on continuity. Uh, but, you know, we all know that technology is a business enabler. And I think that we need yeah. to bring in the business leadership into this process so they can understand mm -hmm. the criticality mm -hmm. of these events should they occur. And then, you know, not only that, but if something does occur, we want to know who in the business do we need to contact. There's, there's legal folks, there's regulatory folks, there's obviously executives that may need to be notified and involved in this process. Uh, so I think that can go a long way. And then you're ultimately not just, uh, you know, planning for these things, uh, but also, like they said, testing for these. You know, you actually want to test for this stuff. And I love yeah. preparing with the continuous you know, testing because, you know, I have four kids. I can check their room when I tell them to clean it. It might be clean in that moment. But if I wait a year and check again, you know, it's probably going to be pretty dirty between that time, right? So, you know, we need to be continuously testing these controls, continually testing our cybersecurity hygiene at the window of time because the adversaries definitely will be. Mm. Okay, that that was a uh, a perfect example for uh, the the state of a network, the state of a compute environment, to the state of a child's bedroom. So so uh, great <laughs> analogy. But Chris, let's move into that last section around uh, around being resilient uh, when uh, uh, should a, should a destructive cyber incident occur. How are you guys helping to coach companies through that? Yeah, we're helping organizations lean into modern, you know, whether it's practices or technology to look at cloud and, and you can do, do a lot of things with cloud when it comes to business continuity and incident response, whether you're talking about mm -hmm. fault tolerance, you know, geographic uh, redundancy within your infrastructure, for example, uh, having immutable infrastructures using things like containers and stuff like that so you can replicate things at scale uh, in a quick fashion, you know, moving towards infrastructure as code uh, so you can quickly deploy your environments again if something does happen. Now, those are all methods from a technical perspective, you know, couple that with a practice and policy type approach within your organization and you can be really resilient from there i also like to emphasize you know lean into some of the guidance from organizations like nist i think it's nist 800 mm. either 160 or 161 that focuses on uh, cyber survivability and it talks about how to des design mm. systems and organizations you know when it comes to cyber survivability and that i would stress you know go beyond your organization uh, we talk about supply chain security for example mm. have critical vendors and suppliers and partners within our ecosystem, uh, they can be compromised or they may be impacted in a way that impacts you and you need to plan for that accordingly as well. Yeah. So, Patty, you you really sort of alluded to this one to, in this section earlier on when you talked about network segmentation, because that is a way to to help um, be resilient. But, you know, how are you guys, you know, approaching this? How have you seen it in the past with your 20 years of experience? Yeah, and again, as I mentioned, it's also one of the hardest things to implement, right? Because it really takes a, a, a very, very careful architected plan to do it. Um, and so we are, we are seeing people move to it. We're especially seeing uh, industries like healthcare, uh, simply because uh, they have got critical infrastructure that is, you know, uh, life dependency. And yeah. as a result, uh, they are they are moving to 
um, segmentation to ensure that patient networks are segmented from their, you know, their lab networks from their whatever networks, right? And and they are also a very heavily acquisitive industry where they they acquire other clinics and other hospitals. And so each time that happens, they, it poses more risk. And it, to that point, I would say, you know, in terms of our advice for those companies out there that are heavily acquisitive. Uh, they have to really, really be careful because they can be as secure today as uh, kind of what Chris alluded to, right? The once yearly, but they acquire a new company and now they've opened a brand new door. So if they attach them to their network, they really need to make sure that they do all of the exact same hygiene on that network as well mm -hmm. uh, and possibly segment them off for a while. Back to our topic. <laughs> Patty, that's such great advice. I hadn't really even considered as much about, you know, going through acquisitions and the impact that could have. But as you brought it up, I'm, I've thought about conversations I've been drawn into when I think about PE firms moving really quickly and putting companies together and really thinking about, you know, what, what that overall bottom dollar value is. And the quicker they can make that happen, I, I've seen that go, go south so quickly. Uh, in the IT space, especially around the exposure that can get created. Hey, Chris, and all the work that you guys are doing, I forgot to uh, to have you mention, how can folks get a hold of uh, you or IKEA to to engage with you guys? Yeah, definitely. Similar to Patty, you know, find us on our website, qua.us, I'm sorry. And also uh, on LinkedIn, you know, I'm super active on LinkedIn as well as my co-founders. We're, we're very active on there all the time. You know, you can also find me on a podcast uh, called Resilient Cyber. A little plug there, uh, but you know, happy to help and speak to organizations of any shape and size. You know, we work in the public and private sector and, and bring decades of experience to bear. Yeah, go look for them on LinkedIn. That's how I found them the first time around. <laughs> there's, some, there's some great content there. Um, so, Karen, let's bring it back to you um, here as we're getting to the top of the hour. You know, any last thoughts on resilience and preparing for incidents? You know, I, I think you, you you look at this one just like you would any other one, maybe with a little increased focus um, because there could be something eminent. Um, but I would say just practice good cyber hygiene, um, focus it, make it a real part of the security program and the maturity of the program. All right. Well, everyone, thank you so much for being a part of, of this program here today. Uh, I hope, audience, that you found this useful. Um, share it with friends. It will be on the uh, the podcast uh, audio stream here later this afternoon. This is available for replay on YouTube, Twitter, and LinkedIn for as long as you, it stays alive there. Um, so, so go reach out there. Again, nothing rocket science in what you find over on CISA.gov. Uh, slash shields up, but uh, but a great reminder of the things you need to do. It's a, you know, it, uh, we're in an environment of heightened uh, concern. Uh, it's just ripe for an issue. So let's do the work. Uh, it'll be less work than if you have to respond. So let's do the prep work now. Uh, everyone, thank uh, panelists, uh, Karen, Patty, Chris, thank you so much for being a part of this today. And I look forward to having you back on in the future. All right. Thank Congratulations you. on 100. Hey, thank you so much. We're, we're excited about it. All right, everybody, have a great rest of your day. We're back tomorrow uh, with, I got to push a button right here. If you can bring me full screen, we have Michelle Peterson as we continue to uh, shine a light on women in tech. Uh, she is chief of staff to our CEO here at Rackspace. So I hope you'll tune in at 830 tomorrow for that episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Cloud Talk Live. Now here at Cloud Talk, we strive to help decode the ever-changing world of technology to help you apply it to your business so that hopefully you'll have one more tool in your arsenal to help improve your business and those around you. 
Now, this was a live event, which happens almost every Tuesday and Thursday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time on the Rackspace LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter accounts. Be sure to watch us there and join the conversation live with us. Now, if you haven't already subscribed, I'd encourage you to do so and maybe even give us one of those five-star reviews. These episodes can be found anywhere podcasts are found. Until next time, I'm Jeff DeVerter for Cloud Talk and Cloud Talk Live.